Welcome everyone to episode 26 of the Looks Like a Movie podcast. My name is Kevin. I'm here with just Doug this week. We don't have Owen. And today we're going to be talking about the newest movie in the, in the Indiana Jones franchise, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, we'll also cover some news at the end of the episode. And as always, please share the episode, like, comment, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Follow our Twitter and rate us on Spotify or just follow us on Spotify if you're not already. Uh, and before we get into anything else, let's talk about what we watched this week. Um, you want to go first, Doug, or you want me to go oh, first? Oh, Lord. What did I watch this week? Hold on. I watched... Um, What did I watch this week? I watched El Topo. Uh, the, by, uh, by, you saw that in theaters, right? Yeah, I saw El Topo in theaters, and that was fucking dope. That was so cool. And yeah. I saw Temple of Doom, and I saw... Uh, I don't know. I watched... Oh, yeah, I watched, like, Last Tango in Paris. Um, mm-hmm. The Animal Crossing movie. I didn't watch a whole lot. Uh, yeah. I rewatched Asteroid City. It's, uh, I don't know. Uh, it was kind of a slower <laughs> week for me. I didn't actually watch. Uh, I didn't have a lot of time to actually sit down. Where yeah. did you watch, Kevin? Slow, slow week for me as well. A little bit. I I watched Tongues Untied right before Pride Month ended, which is definitely a movie I'd recommend to pretty much everybody, whether it's Pride Month or not. Just like an amazing documentary. Um, Marlon Riggs is is one of our best documentary filmmakers ever. Really, um, I've only seen two of his documentaries, but they're both like perfect. So no arguments for me. Um, and then I watched, I finally got around to watching Showing Up, the new Kelly Reichert movie from this year, which I didn't get to see in theaters because it wasn't playing near me. And it's it's one of my favorite movies I've seen from her so far. It's uh, it's really, really good. Um, and that was, mo- I watched a couple of her shorts as well. Um, the short Travis, and then she has a short called Owl that is just a three minute video of an owl on a tree. Um, and, and then I started my Mission Impossible binge. <laughs> um, and I, I've gotten through two of them, and hopefully we'll be done with the the rest of them before uh, the new one comes out. So very excited to watch the rest of those. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, the Owl movie sounds cool. No, the Owl was cool. I'm not going to lie. I Yeah, her, her shorts are interesting. I there's She has like some stuff that's like not feature length, but shorter that I still have to get around to. Like, th- like there's like a 30 or 40 minute movie that I hear is really good that I haven't gotten around to. So I'll, you know, I'll check that out eventually. But the, this, the Travis short that she made, the other one I watched is really, really interesting. It's like testimony of, a or not even testimony. It's like a, it's like a radio interview of this mom who lost her son in the Iraq war, I think. And, and it's just her like kind of repeating like the same couple lines over and over again. And it's like 11 minutes long and there's not really any, it's just like colors on the screen, but the, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty sad stuff. It's pretty tough watch, um, or, or listen, I guess, but anyway, fucked up. Uh, let's, let's jump into some Indiana Jones stuff. I think we gave this the same rating, correct? Uh, Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny is yeah. a uh five bomber out of ten <laughs> <laughs> yeah five five out of ten well if you combine both of our scores then it adds up to five i think yeah. right because we both yeah. gave it two and a half yeah um i don't know just to get some general stuff out of the way i guess i think at least where i i don't think it's like the worst thing ever like it's definitely not like in terms of like really bad sequels that we don't need coming out it's not the worst we could have gotten but i do think it's my least favorite of the Indiana Jones movies for sure. 
Yeah, well, the funny thing about Owen not being here is um, that I don't think we're going to be that kind of harsh on it, um, honestly. Yeah, no, not too harsh. Because uh, I know that he really fucking hated this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, it's, like, not good. I think that there's some inexcusable things about it when you know I agree. about the whole movie in context and you know, like, how movies are made and stuff. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, for example, um, this is one of the 20 most expensive movies ever made in the entire That's history insane. of movies. It is not making that money back, is it? I it is. I heard it's going to finish with a 60 million or 80 million opening weekend this weekend. Yeah, 80 million which... opening weekend, which is not great. It could have, I mean, it's yeah, it's not making its money back. It's <laughs> it needed yeah. to do it needed to do way better than that. It has um it has just a hair under 300 million dollar reported budget, um mm-hmm. which of course is not including marketing. Uh very expensive movie uh, a ridiculously expensive movie uh and i'll tell you what kevin yeah. you don't see it on the screen you don't see it no no <laughs> you not don't really see it on the screen at all <laughs> not really i i was yeah i mean obviously um yeah i don't know there there's there's some scenes i guess that are exciting or or like fun but in general it's really surprising to hear that it's that high budget of a movie because there's not to not really any one thing in particular that stands out i imagine obviously like some of the technical stuff like the de-aging and stuff is probably pretty pricey but yeah that shit is i imagine that stuff's uh really expensive um and yeah. also like you know harrison ford i imagine got paid a kind of yeah, a, 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 a good a, amount yeah um but i don't know uh yeah. it doesn't well i guess it's also it's because like they did shoot on location for a lot of the stunts and stuff and i guess mm-hmm. that's you know that's good and that is something yeah. that you like do kind of see on screen um like it does it doesn't totally feel like they're on a green screen um because like they're not uh <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah but and that's expensive but i don't know it doesn't you just like don't I, you don't see it uh <laughs> yeah no i i agree i i don't know i i think I think it just like I, I got to the movie theater. I I kind of like thought it just like really started to drag for for a lot of it. It kind of just like got really boring to me throughout, and it it almost like picks up at the end, which we'll get to. But um, but only because it's just like when we got to that ending part i kind of just like had to laugh i was like what the fuck is going on a little bit so I, it, it pulled me back in a little bit there but now that i'm like trying to recall the movie i'm really forgetting a lot of what happens between the beginning and the end other than um i guess like some that the underwater stuff kind of stood out to me a little bit but again not because it's particularly good <laughs> yeah. just um just memorable i guess um, um... The yeah, movie's like a like a very much a long like a prolonged chase, you know, kind of like just like, yeah. like somebody yeah. chasing after another person, which isn't like like a unique thing, you know, to Indiana Jones. But for this one yeah, specifically, it does feel like very um very much like oh they're just chasing each other and this is another set yeah. piece and they got to this place and now they're gonna get chased again and now we're going over to this place and they're gonna get chased again. Yeah, uh, because at least when Spielberg's doing it, it's exciting because he just has control over it that you know 
I, I, I just I think that's another it's just like a dull movie almost a little bit because it doesn't just like have the the glamour of the other movies even the ones that people would consider bad I guess but yeah uh well it's like the thing the reason why Raiders of the Lost Ark is such a masterpiece right is because like it has that kind of like expertise like that that like perfect um yeah blocking and that um that like it's like shot on film with the like the really dynamic lighting uh and there's just so much thought going into it you know uh that makes it and that like it just comes together so well and this is so uh so bland you know without even talking about like the specifics of what happens in the movie it it felt like the whole movie was also not only just a like just a chase but it felt like the whole movie was just shot reverse shot then medium shot you know it was like shot reverse shot then cuts medium shot like over and over and over and over again for the whole movie and it's like we can have like some you know different different shots in here to like you know (laughs) make it more interesting um i don't know no i i agree and i think as we're you know I'm, i'm looking at some of the topics we want to talk about this episode and i think that's probably a good time not the order i intended but i think probably good time to start with talking about james mangold as a director i guess because that's we're already on the subject of right. it um yeah so, so the big question as far as that goes is is james mangold a good director for hire and should people be getting excited for his new movies to come in the future um what what do you have to say about that um... or about james mangold in general i guess I think that I so here's the thing. I kind of wish Owen was here to talk about this too because yeah. I uh I I I I think that he is a good director. I think yeah, that James Mangold is a good director. That being said, I don't think that he's necessarily the kind of guy where if specifically let me rephrase that. I think James James Mangold is um uh a good director for hire specifically. I think that James Mangold is a guy who like, you're like, Oh, you know, like there's this movie that's going to come out and it's like, Oh, like, well, who's going to direct it? And it's like, Oh, James Mangold. It's like, Oh, that's like, you know, that's probably a solid, like safe choice. Right. I don't think that James Mangold is like an auteur. I don't think that you should get excited for like, Oh, written and directed by James Mangold, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you're like, Oh, like new star Wars movie directed by James Mangold, it's like, okay. It makes sense. Yeah. That could be good. You know? Yeah. I think he's, I think when we're like when you look at like Indiana Jones, for example, I just think he's just like a very logical choice, which is why I could get behind it. Because I think when you look at like his history as well, like when it comes to like these big blockbuster movies that are part of like already existing IPs, obviously he did amazing with Logan, or by most people's standards, did amazing with Logan. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know, just like stuff like that. And then there's also like I don't know, he's interesting to me as well because some of his movies that. I haven't seen our movies that I like really want to check out. So I know he's definitely like a capable like uh, three ten to Yuma. Or yeah, like, I want to watch yeah. that one, and I want to watch Girl Interrupted as well, um, and even Walk the Line. I want to see because uh, Joaquin's in that one, and I still haven't watched it. And I know he's yeah he's really good in it apparently. But like I don't know, I like Logan a lot. I think I like Ford v Ferrari a lot, and probably more than most people, I like that movie. That was actually one of my favorite movies that year. But maybe it's just because it's like very like my my brand like just really appealing to me personally i don't know and i thought even then in ford v ferrari he at least shoots the the racing in like a very entertaining way 
which is proof that he's kind of a good person to have for like an action adventure movie kind of at least compared to like who else they could have gotten for this job yeah it's uh there's he has definitely some experience this is another thing where it's like it's hard to make these expensive movies like it is a difficult thing to do to be a director for a big project like this and he has some experience working with like larger set pieces with a lot of moving like moving uh points in it um and i think that that's kind of important when you like are looking for oh who do you want to direct my 300 million dollar uh indiana jones rebirth it's like oh sure like this guy um uh, so like there's some like like technique there and he seems like he's like pretty good with like dealing with personalities because like he's used to he has experience working with like celebrity with like Hugh Jackman and uh, you know uh, Christian Bale and or whatever yeah and um, so it's like yeah he seems like he's a good choice but it, then it's also you know people on Twitter are calling him the most sauceless like <laughs> filmmaker <laughs> um, working today and it's like yeah but i i just don't think that you can judge him like that from indiana jones um it's just a hunch that i have where i think that there's like way more going on here that is outside of his control you know yeah i'd um, probably agree with that uh it's probably uh, i don't know these for facts i'm just like i'm just like guessing I, I imagine it's not his crew that's working on the movie i imagine that it's like not his um it's probably not like his ideal cinematographer that he has like a great relationship with and like stuff like that. I imagine that like aren't coming in to work on the movie with him. Um, I imagine this is like pretty much like a for, for hire kind of situation. If I had to guess. Um, although now that I do look at his cinematographer, they have worked together quite a number of times. So, okay. Maybe I am wrong then. Maybe, uh, they, they work together on Ford V Ferrari, walk the line and three ten to Yuma. So, Oh, so maybe his Uh-oh. he did work on his crew then. Uh, maybe he maybe this... I don't know. It's just yeah. I, I think I see where you're coming from though because I I want it's like I don't think that this is the like the end all be all for him specifically because it's like I I like kind of what I said before. I just think it's like on paper such a logical choice that if you were going to get a director for hire, it would be somebody like him, like somebody along the lines of him. And I think when you look at people that are probably like in that same category, he's got to be one of the better options with like his recent track record, at least. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like who's a, who are like director for director for hires that are better than him. Right. That aren't kind of like, um, because like the like the next level would be somebody like a Denny Velnew who like isn't really in this, you know, situation. Uh, yeah. Like he's like he's like a little bit too elevated for that. But like, is he? Because he's like definitely one of the better ones. Because I think that like a, a, another example would be like um, Andy Muschietti, the guy that just directed The Flash. Uh, yeah. James Mangold, I would take like ten times over ten. Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer guy. if James Mangold directed The Flash. I don't know that it would be any better, but because it's like a you know messy movie to start with. But but yeah, I if we're just picking directors, I'll, I'll take James Mangold ten out of ten times. I think at least right now. Yeah, uh, I think like maybe the only guy that is um better than him in like this kind of level when we're talking about like in the business is maybe someone like Matt Reeves. Yeah, right? Matt Reeves is great. Yeah. Uh, but Matt Reeves might even be a little bit too elevated, you know? Yeah, but... he might be closer to, like, I don't know. Because, uh, yeah, the Batman is, a, or even, like, his Planet of the Apes stuff is, like, it's very good. It's not, it's not yeah. like, 
it doesn't just give like director for hire like it actually yeah but shows that he has a vision the but uh, but the planet of the apes things were director for hire gigs kind yeah, of yeah, yeah 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 i'm not yeah of course i just you know what i mean like it's, it's yeah, clear yeah, that yeah. he has like an artistic flair and it's not just boring um anyway as as we keep going uh next question the one i want to start with really is the is harrison ford too old <laughs> and was his performance right. good in this movie yeah um, is harrison ford too old uh yeah he's too old to be alive uh i think we need to put a stop to it um, no i think i i mean I, he he did is did he say something about how he doesn't really want to stop acting anytime soon because i feel like i heard him say that yeah he said in an interview during the indiana jones press junket where people were like you're old as fuck why are you still in this movie and he was saying like yeah i uh i just like acting and i don't really have any plans to stop anytime soon like he doesn't have any plans to retire he just wants to keep working he said i think he said something like um i keep out of trouble when i'm working or something like that uh yeah um so yeah he he uh he he is wants to keep acting until he's older um yeah I, I think I think when we like talk about this question, I think it's very specific to Indiana Jones, of course. Like nobody's too old to be acting. Um, it's just I don't think it makes sense for him to still be playing this character. Um, and of course, uh, like as it's already been said, and we assume is the case, he's not going to be doing it again. Like this is the last time we're going to see him playing Indiana oh Jones. Oh my god! I um, it has to be. It's yeah. like, it has to be. Bro, this is another thing. This is the third final Indiana Jones movie. Do you know how crazy that is? That's yeah. so crazy. This is the third time where um, yeah. they've made an Indiana Jones movie that was like marketed as the last Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, they've been it's, inter- it's interesting to think about it too because it's like, if it actually ended the first time with just the trilogy, would it be talked about with the rest of like the great trilogies? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, probably. I mean... Like yeah, if they just ended it in the '90s with the Last Crusade, um, yeah, probably. But, uh, but now we're here, um, and he's playing him again. Did you, did you think he was good in the movie though? Because I, I th- yeah, I think he felt like an old man. I think he was yeah. fine. I think it was serviceable. Uh, I agree. I think that there were some moments were that were weird, and it's not even. I don't even think it's necessarily like Harrison Ford's fault as much as it's like a fault for the concept where it's like, why is this old man doing this stuff? Yeah. You know, it's like, cause like, yeah, he felt, he just like felt his age sometimes, but it's like, okay, you're just an old Indiana Jones. <laughs> like yeah. Indiana Jones probably shouldn't be this old. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I agree with that. Especially when you, you know, and we could, and we could probably even kind of transition into our, our next question here, which is, whether or not we should give up on de-aging technology. But I think as we kind of talk about those two combined, it's like there's there's moments, and I saw something about this on Twitter as well, where someone was talking about how they were like, oh, the, there's scenes with Indiana Jones de-aged in this movie, but Harrison Ford's voice is old. <laughs> like you can yeah, you no, hear like a 70 plus year old man. The very first scene face. of the movie is uh, when we see Indiana Jones, like uh, during world war two, right. Uh, yeah. We see this old ass fucking dude and no, no, yeah. no, sorry. We see this young dude. We see this like young ass dude, right. Uh, like, like CGI, like deep fake technology. 
Um, but then he speaks and it's like, oh, wow, that is a that is a wilted voice, you know? Yeah, like, that, <laughs> like, is that is a... <laughs> not, not the voice of a, you know, whatever, 40 something year old man or whatever he's supposed to be the aged. No, yeah, that is that is a voice that uh, has been through a lot, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I think it's an important conversation for sure. The de-aging stuff, because I mean, one, we mentioned that if you're going to do that in a movie, you're probably adding to your budget significantly. Um, and, and whether that's worth it and also just whether it works in a movie, because for the, I, I'm not saying it doesn't work in any movie, but specifically for this movie, I was nothing more than distracted by it. Like. Well, as I, as I was seeing the young Harrison Ford, I was just like, "This isn't. This just looks weird to me." I think it was way too ambitious. Yeah. Uh, for, in this movie, because it's like it's not. I assumed that it was just going to be like a flashback sequence, you know, like from the trailer. Yeah. I assumed that it was going to be like only like a couple of shots, uh, and not like the whole first act of the movie, you know. Yeah. Was gonna have like yeah, major this, parts of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like we're like, you know, like somebody, um, is doing like these stunts and stuff with Harrison Ford's face on his head. And it's like, this is yeah. not, I don't like this at all. Cause it's like, I think that if it was just like the beginning shot where it's like, they take off the, uh, the thing and it's just like him, you know, looking around and it's like, oh, it's young Indiana Jones. I think that's kind of fine. I think it works. You know, mm-hmm. I think it works if it's just that shot and we don't see him running yeah, around. Sure. You know, yeah. I think it's it's just, just so when ambitious. he starts talking and moving, and there's so much going on, I can't help but look at it and be like, I'm watching a deep fake. Like I'm watching, like, yeah, it doesn't look like real. something that does not actually exist and is not real. And it's just yeah. so hard to look at. Like it's so hard to really get invested in a movie that way. And I think there's you know a different conversation when it's in a really good movie. <laughs> Um, you know, like we like the Irishman. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. like it's the best comparison is the Irishman because that's a movie that uses it well. Um, because the movie's just good. Um, and of course, it's like you're not gonna tell Scorsese to not use de aging technology if he wants to do it in a movie. Then he's gonna I make mean, it Scorsese work. Scorsese can do whatever the but, fuck he wants to do. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like he's gonna make it work, which is why I don't like want to say we should just give up on de aging technology as a whole. But I just think where it's at right now if it's in a movie like this it's just gonna distract me too much for me to buy into the movie unless you're giving us something really good i saw some people talking about how like oh like why they could have just used a younger actor or whatever and i couldn't help but think like they just didn't watch the movie because you cannot like it just you that it's just it fundamentally would not work if you use a different it's the same thing as what they brought up um as what ben affleck brought up when he was talking about air where it was like if we get an actor to play Michael Jordan, then somebody's going to look at the screen and be like, that's not Michael Jordan. It's like, if you get somebody else to play a young Indiana Jones, you're going to look at the screen and be like, that's not Indiana Jones. Like, yeah, because it's um, not even just like young Indiana Jones. It's like, it's like you're re you're just recasting Indiana Jones. Cause like it yeah. is a, an older Indiana Jones than what was in like the last crusade, you know, <laughs> but yeah. it's a younger Indiana Jones than in this movie <laughs> significantly. Yeah. Like it's, it's, strange um and and i think i think it definitely boils down to what you say about i i think it would make a lot more sense if it were limited to a scene or two in this movie and not however much time because this is like a almost what like two and a half hour movie yeah Um, and i think that there's like like a full half hour 40 minutes of on screen like there's a good chunk of it indiana jones 
Uh, and it sets up, yeah, like it sets up a lot of the story. So you have, I don't know, it's 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 a screenplay. Weird, it's a weird actually, mix because like, you probably yeah. need some of that stuff for the story to make sense. Um, yeah. Because they do this thing that they kind of did with um, Crystal Skull last time, where it's like introducing characters that we didn't previously know about that ha- that already have relationships to him so it's like now we have to introduce how they fit into this story because we haven't seen them in the four movies before this um so yeah just i don't know it weird because it, it kind of needs to be there but at the same time it's just doesn't work when it is there yeah um, so overall probably a, a negative for this movie um anyway um we can we can skip forward a little bit to, I guess, the end of the movie because um, there's oh, some big do you questions want to talk regarding about the spoiler spoiler the ending. Yeah, um, we haven't re- we we really haven't spoiled anything up to this point. We really haven't even talked about any specific scenes. But um, warning, I guess, uh, what we're about to say is a pretty big spoiler if you if you care about the twist in the new Indiana Jones movie. I will um, say. I would not call it a twist. I think that is uh, yeah. setting somebody up for. <laughs> yeah, twist is the wrong word, but just just a surprise. Let's call it a surprise. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but anyway, the at the end of the movie, there is a scene where they go through a hole in the sky uh, and travel way back in time to like ancient Rome. Um, so the question is was the time travel thematically effective and is time travel the craziest thing in an Indiana Jones movie? Um, personally, so, I think when we talk about crazy stuff, it's, it's got some competition. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the biggest competition uh, comes from crystal skull, probably. Right. Mm, like interesting. The, when the nuke goes off. Yeah. When the nuke goes off. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, okay. Cause I think there's, I think there's a clear top three here and it's between this scene when they go back in time, yeah. the, the nuke going off in Crystal Skull, and then the ending of Temple of Doom when there's the crazy supernatural stuff going on and everybody like gets evaporated. Um, uh, I, think, I think between those three. What about um, uh, what about in the ending of um, Last Crusade? when uh his dad gets stabbed and that but then like his wound just heals miraculously <laughs> oh. because of the uh, holy grail <laughs> true true yeah there is some okay and that's the thing that i think I, I think these movies have always been quite silly and and like not you know they don't they don't need to answer to any like logic or or reality um and yeah. yet at the same time, I was still thrown off by them going back in time to ancient Rome. Like it happened. And I was just like, I just started laughing. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um, yeah. It people, was just kind of strange to me. I've seen some people say that them going back in time is Indiana, is Indiana Jones jumping the shark. And I just disagree because mm-hmm. it's like, there's been like other shit that's also been crazy like the whole time like at the end of raiders the very first fucking movie um they open up the ark of the covenant and then everybody fucking just like dies and Indiana yeah. Jones is like don't open your eyes don't look at it um and it's like okay so yeah the christian god is just real in this universe confirmed and he like yeah. kills people <laughs> um so it's like time travel's not that big of a stretch really like 
Yeah, no, that's a good point. And that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying, where it's like, and I think that's why I'm so confused by it almost, because it's like, I think it, I think the idea, like on paper, when we talk about the question and how it's thematically effective as well, like the idea on paper for them to go back in time makes sense, I think. Um, yeah. And I don't think it's like that far outside of like what we expect from Indiana Jones. It's just that when it actually happened, I like my only reaction was to laugh at it. Yeah, um, no, it's stupid. It is dumb. I will say that it's dumb. I think it's more dumb than I think it's like about as dumb as the nuke scene in Crystal Skull in terms of like this is uh, doesn't make any sense, actually. <laughs> yeah. And the nuke um, scene to me is like a bit different because I think it's funny in a good way almost where I'm just like, this is so like, like he just walks out of it, like with pretty much no scratches. And I'm like, okay, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> but like yeah. in a good way. Cause I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, it's just a fun, it's just a fun thing. I think this being the climax of the movie definitely adds to like how ridiculous it is compared to the nuke scene, which is like, you know, 20 minutes into that movie. Yeah. I, I think, I think that, um, it's not effective thematically. Uh, I was expecting yeah. it to be because it's like um, I was expecting it to be. So when I wrote that question, I heard somebody saying that it was, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. interesting." So I like kind of jotted that down. Um, but after watching it, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I understand. Like this is the culmination of his entire life's work. Like seeing history in action, right?" Yeah. But it's like it's the siege of Syracuse, which is like important. But it's like, that's not like the the siege of Syracuse is not the culmination of Indiana Jones's life work. And it's yeah, also, it's like, it's Archimedes is cool, you know, important guy. But it's like, why would that be Indiana Jones's hero? You know, Archimedes yeah, specifically I don't know. out of it, anybody else. Also, how the fuck did both him and uh, Helena know how to speak uh, ancient Greek? <laughs> well th I, that part i didn't even think about really because i i don't know they just both like yeah i know but it's still like it's like kind of a question that's answered by the movies as a whole like they're both clearly very smart and and like well studied and, and know all this stuff that nobody else really knows because this is their passion but um but i agree that it's just kind of random <laughs> um like it's just they picked a specific moment for, for this movie to like revolve around out of all the moments that could, you know, like you say, like capture his life's work and his career. Um, so maybe it wouldn't have worked regardless of what the moment was, but yeah. I don't know. I, it's also I don't know that it ties into the themes in like a, in a, in a really neat way. Yeah, I don't know. It seems very silly, specifically, and this is dumb, but I keep thinking like Archimedes is not like, that famous um in yeah. the grand scheme of scientists you know like yeah in the history of the world um like he's like obviously super important um and this is another thing where it's like i don't like archimedes is like known for his like water displacement study you know like the yeah, map which is brought up in the movie it's like referenced in the movie but the whole yeah. movie is about how he made a time travel machine like yeah <laughs> like what the fuck yeah it's that's what the movie centered around yeah like what the fuck um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I just it, it didn't it didn't really um, stick for me. I guess that, yeah, there's no. not really like a clear like theme that works for me in this movie. No, uh, I don't know. There's there's definitely interesting ideas, I guess. Um, but all yeah. in all, I, yeah. I don't yeah, really yeah. like. I didn't really 
come come out of this thinking all that much about anything that's really like kind of presented to us um and i yeah i don't know just uh, that whole kind of like decision moment during this climax where it's like where he's like very set on like no i want to stay here and she like eventually ends up knocking him out so that she could bring him back that was silly to his Um, yeah i i just i don't know i in and i don't know maybe i just like i'm not like getting the character completely but i think it's also kind of because of what you mentioned about this just not making sense as like being his career defining thing i just didn't think it was it just didn't make sense to me for it to be that much of a fight for him to be like so demanding of like no i'm staying here like I, I just thought she would convince him <laughs> like, which I don't know, maybe wouldn't have made for as good of a joke, of course, because she punches him in the face and, you know, maybe some people in my theater laughed or whatever, but I just, I just didn't think that he would be that set on staying there. <laughs> like, Well, cause I guess it's like, it's like, um, he's towards the end of his life and like he has, it's like he yeah. kind of says in the movie, like he has nothing to go back to, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, but, sure. But he knows that's not true, which is, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I kind of. I mean, I guess obviously his relationship with um Marianne is is like not a thing anymore, but then it is a thing yeah. at the end of the movie, of course, when he does go back. Um, but I awesome. feel like it's yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh my I, God. Um uh, to be fair, he's kind of a selfish character throughout the franchise, so yeah. like I like I guess it kind of makes sense that he doesn't really care that much to go back to her, but um but then that also makes it a little bit weird because it's like he was so set on not going back, but then they end up together at the end and it's like supposed to be this really sweet moment. And I'm just like, it would have been sweet if he like wanted to go back and see her. Well, <laughs> um, but, I, but he I don't didn't. really like the ending at all. You know, what? Well, you know, what was the sweet moment between Indiana Jones and Marion when they first reunite in Crystal Skull? You yeah. know, <laughs> that was yeah. a sweet moment. I don't know. This felt like, damn, yeah, I like are... their relationship a lot. Like, and I think that that might be their relationship even might be kind of like the deciding factor as to why I like the first movie the most, maybe. I don't know. I'm yeah. still a little bit torn about which one I like the most, but, um, but yeah, you're, you're I don't know. You're not a last crusade truther. Well, I think I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm kind of torn between those two, between Raiders and last crusade. I, I don't know that I could really pick. I gave them the same rating. Originally I gave Raiders a higher rating, but then when I watched all the movies through, I was like, no, these seem pretty, even to me and i haven't really been able to make a decision on them um but yeah i i think she's particularly good which is why it kind of stinks that it ends on her in a way that doesn't like really affect me at all um yeah because i felt, wish that was more impactful not good it actually made me feel not good because i was like damn she's old as shit dude like <laughs> i was like what yeah. the fuck um I was like, they just yeah. dragged this old lady to a fucking movie set for no reason. Yeah, like, <laughs> like for, for a reunion that isn't really that impactful. Yeah, I'm like, that's um, weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. But um, you know what I did, our last, though. Our last little thing here kind of, I guess, pertains to two different things. Um, yeah. Would you watch a sequel about Helena, which is Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, for those people listening? Um which, you know, we could talk about Phoebe Waller-Bridge in this movie as a whole, but yeah. Um, uh, she's good. It's also, But you know what? I, I think she's good, but she is so... She's doing so much heavy lifting 
She's doing yeah. so much heavy lifting in this movie, doing her her whole shtick, trying to like be charming and etc. To, to like put some fucking energy in this shit. Yeah, dude. Um, they really pin a whole lot on her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I I'm a huge Phoebe Waller Bridge fan because of Fleabag. Um, I think it's an amazing show. I think she's awesome. She's clearly really talented, and she's still showing that talent in this movie. Like she is. Like you said, like she's she's carrying a lot uh, of of this movie, um, and she's pretty much my favorite part of this movie. Which I still haven't been able to really decipher if it's just because of how much I like Phoebe Waller Bridge or if she really is the best part of this movie. Um, but I think when you get into sequel territory, there's just too many like glaring red flags to me for that to be a thing. Like on the one hand this is in my opinion the worst movie of the franchise and it's the one movie without spielberg so it's like if they do go into sequel territory is it going to be james mangold is it going to be another director and regardless are they going to be able to even make it make sense or be anywhere near as entertaining as the early movies and then on the other hand i can't like help but think about just the overwhelming like outrage from misogynists who like don't want to see a franchise handed to another character never mind like a woman um yeah yeah Phoebe i don't Waller know bridge is so good though um yeah no i yeah. mean that's what i'm saying it's like this weird thing because i'm like yeah she'd probably do good at it like but i also would probably rather see her do something else than big blockbuster indiana jones movies um, yeah because she's just like way too talented to well, be kind of like i don't know if she's gonna do anything else uh, yeah well we are know, actually gonna talk about her in the news spoiler but we'll we'll get to her when we get <laughs> to the news but um but yeah i don't know i don't know i, I think uh, i think all in all I'm, I'm a no on a sequel i would watch it yeah um, i'd watch it sure I if it's her i'd watch it if it's somebody else maybe not think <laughs> that they shouldn't make it i think it would be a fucking horrible decision for them to do that uh, yeah <laughs> Especially yeah. since this movie is going fucking triple cardboard at the box office. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I, I can't imagine them making really any money without Harrison Ford in a future sequel um, because of how bad this one's already doing. Um, I don't know. But uh, do you have any any final thoughts about Indiana Jones before we wrap up? Raiders Raiders of the Lost Ark is fucking sick. Agreed. And so is Last Crusade. And to be fair, in in moments, for me at least, so is Temple of Doom. I don't like it as much as Um, those. And even Crystal Skull. That's what I'm saying. I think Temple of Doom and Crystal Skull have their moments, but I think the other two are just better all in all. Man, we could have done so much more on Temple of Doom. If we just talked about Temple of Doom instead, I feel like we would have had so much more to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. But of course, that's not the newest one. Yeah. Um, uh, No, Temple of Doom School. I I would have liked it more if it was uh, better. But part of it, but the fact that it's like the bad one also makes it kind of interesting to talk about because it's like, it's not just like, oh, it's like the bad one. It's also, it's like, oh, it like had like a, it's bad because of like production issues between and like spielberg and george lucas were in like bad spots in their life and all the and i'm like oh that's fucking interesting we could talk about that you know like (laughs) yeah i mean i think all the indiana jones movies as a whole are more interesting than what we got out of this one but um but that's that's what we got this is what we got so um yeah yeah, 
pretty pretty average movie it's like me. it's so painfully uninteresting <laughs> yeah yeah it's i don't know i was hoping i'd like it more but it is what i was it hoping is. i liked it more and... i thought that it was a um i thought it was a uh, a fire trailer thought the trailer was awesome i was yeah i was intrigued by the trailer for sure um but that's not the end product and here we are i guess um anyway if you're ready then we can move on to some some news before we wrap up um okay let's let's see what we got in the news um first first couple bits of news are pretty sad news so let's get that out of the way first i guess so that we could end on a happy note um starting with alan arkin who passed away at the age of 89 had a career that spanned seven decades almost 100 movies four oscar nominations one oscar win and and a bunch of other awards to go along with that i don't know how many alan arkin movies you've seen or if you feel any particular way but i I really liked him in the few movies i saw him in yeah Um, uh rest in peace that's fucked up (laughs) yeah um i mean obviously super long career and and he he lived to 89 but you know he's just very talented actor um i particularly I already mentioned he won his Oscar for Little Miss Sunshine. Um, yeah, that movie. I love that movie. And he's my favorite part of that movie. Um, so, and then of course I, the other one I think about is, which is a really random example, but, uh, um, minions? but no, not, not minions. no, um, he's in, um, he's in the like two thousands. Um, I think it's like 2008, the get smart movie, which oh, is yeah. based on like the get smart TV show. And I just remember, watching that movie so much as a kid and he's like kind of at least in my memory kind of the funniest person in that movie um and i know he's a really obvious like i haven't seen too many of his movies but really gifted comedic actor um from from what i could tell he was also in that um that show that did very well at the emmys i think for the couple years it ran the the kaminsky method i think um Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know just really talented actor so that's very unfortunate but Rest in peace to to Alan Arkin. Should we should we shift gears into an Alan Arkin uh podcast where we just do an episode? <laughs> Imagine for every we just Alan Arkin yeah. movie. <laughs> that would be. There's a lot, um, <laughs> and there's probably a number that you know, no no point in watching. But he is a really good actor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, our next piece of news also uh, along the lines of just awful stuff to talk about, but um, Idris Elba says that racist comments oh, turned Jesus. him off the idea of playing James Bond. Um, his quote is, those that weren't happy about the idea made the whole thing disgusting and off-putting. It became about race, it became about nonsense, and I got the brunt of it, which, yeah, obviously stinks. And and also just like, I, I would have really liked to see Idris Elba as Bond if we, if we have to get more Bond movies. Um, like, he's definitely one of the people that I'd, probably be the most excited to see as bond i know you i'm assuming you're on like the the henry cavill train no <laughs> i don't, I I don't think know who you'd want to see but they're both too old uh yeah uh it's just elba especially too old but i think yeah. like i think what i'm assuming happened was that he was in talks with the broccoli family um probably not to be like the like to like be like in a James Bond movie or like two James Bond movies, right? Not necessarily to like hold up the uh, 
a, like yeah. a Henry Cavill, not sorry, uh, Daniel Craig replacement necessarily, but like as yeah. like a filler while they do look for you know like a fifteen year, you know, replacement. Um, and yeah. you know those rumors got out, and then <laughs> he was like, I don't know if this is actually worth even talking about. You yeah, know? <laughs> like <laughs> it's just like that just stinks too because it's like there's also there's also already, un- like so much racism in just Lashana Lynch like playing a role in the last James Bond movie. Not even just like yeah, she's, like it's still um... a Daniel Craig movie, but just the fact she even like took the 007 name just led to like so many people being disgusting online. So I can only imagine like what people were saying about him. I mean, I never even saw that stuff because I don't really read like too much James Bond stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know that that stinks because yeah, no, people fucking stink. Yeah, that's people that's the takeaway. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, move on. This is a pretty big piece of news that, you know, depending on, I guess, how it turns out might get brought up on a future episode. Um, But amidst the already ongoing writer's strike, we're now on the brink of a Screen Actors Guild strike. The contract was set to expire a couple days ago as of recording this, but it's since been delayed to July 12th. So like 10 days from when we're recording this, Um, they're going to continue negotiations. And if they don't get to a new contract by then, um, then the actors will be going on strike. There's been um, over a thousand actors up until this point that we're recording that have signed a letter to SAG saying that they'd strike if their requests with studios are not met. Um, So that could be a very big deal uh, amidst an already ongoing writer strike that actors have already been participating in. Um, Yeah, no, that would suck. That would be very bad um i mean it would be good probably actually but it would suck for you know good for um, them of course it'd be good for the the outlook of movies in the future yeah um at least the near future um which yeah that's always it's the same thing that we already brought up when we talked about the writer's strike where it's for us as viewers it's not the best news because projects get pushed back and and we get some pretty shitty stuff to watch but on the other hand no you get something gonna... you get your favorite stuff during the writer strikes <laughs> kevin kevin miko uh, uh eats good during the writer wow, you're dropping a full name uh... on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> i guess my name's out there anyway um, <laughs> um... <laughs> But you get love. You get like double Love Island on, on yeah, the writer's yeah, strike, no, dude. I get all you my get... good, all my good reality TV when the, when the strike's going on. But yeah, no, like of course we're, you know, of course I'm in support of strikes regardless. It's just yeah, there's there's those two sides to it. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens in and I guess a couple of days here. Um, but it, it looks to me the reports that I read seemed like. They are working. The the discussions are definitely going on. It's definitely possible that there is no actor strike, but it seems like in these next couple of days, there's still a long way for them to go for for that contract to to make sense. So it's definitely, at least as of right now, pretty possible that that actor strike could happen. but yeah, well, I'm going to say it's kind of yeah. likely. I'm going to say it's likely. I would say that as well. Because it feels it feels like the like general 
actors um because like very powerful actors have even like told people a lot of yeah that list of actors i was looking at some of the names and there's a lot there's a lot of very high profile people on there yeah because it's like it's not even like pressure just on the studio it's also pressure on um the the members of the sag board that are that are negotiating the the members of like the negotiation board that are negotiating the deal there's a lot of pressure on them saying like even if you do get a deal done and like and like we don't like it we're just gonna strike sag like like (laughs) yeah um yeah you know we'll we'll see what happens and we'll probably be be giving updates and and some of these next two episodes i guess when we when we have more news um but yeah because we're on like what like day 60 of day 70 of uh the rider strike the yeah, we're, strike. we're pretty yeah we're pretty deep into it i guess i don't know the exact day but yeah it's uh, it's been going on for a while now and it will be continuing to go on um and our next little piece of news is um you know, we, we had to we had to talk about this, of course, because we've it feels like we've mentioned this every week for the past, I guess, like five episodes now. Um, maybe not literally, but that's what it feels like um, after after talking about it all that much. Our Superman legacy. Oh, casting Jesus fucking Christ. Is, is over. <laughs> um, we have a Superman in a Lois Lane and it's David Cornsweat and Rachel Brosnahan. I know you don't want to talk about this too much, but of course I had to bring it up after how much it's been in the news for, you know, yeah, the past couple yeah. of weeks now. Uh, shit's um, fucking boring. Shit is so yeah. boring. Fuck. Yeah. Oh my God. I do like Rachel Brosnahan. I will say that. Um, I haven't seen her in that much, but I saw her in that Marvelous Miss Maisel show and I was like, oh, she's really good actually. Um, so I don't really care that much about that casting, but David Cornsweat does not excite me in any way and do the movie do, specifically doesn't excite me so do you want to do do you, you want to do a side bet for the rest of the cast of the small characters in the superman like oh the the um, what's it called the lex luther rumors uh no, no just over under right over under okay. um one and a half black people in superman oh my God. <laughs> jesus no i'm serious like over like you know like what like what are we doing like you think there's a problem with all the white Superman? It's not even. I don't think it's a problem. I just think it's so. Bo- oh, I think it's boring. I am. So, yeah, I see what like, you mean because there's no. There's. They're never put like with a superhero that has had this many iterations. They have never like. It just doesn't seem like they're pushing it in any interesting direction other than just making a movie that's similar to what we've already gotten, which is like a lot of superhero movies that have this many iterations. But I don't yeah. know. Even, well, even yeah. like with Lois Lane, it's like, so God, I'm such a fucking nerd, dude. Uh, this is so bad. <laughs> but even with Lois Lane, uh, this Superman legacy, according to James Gunn, is going to be uh, the, like the biggest inspiration for this movie is Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman. Now, in All Star Superman, Lois Lane isn't white. Lois Lane is like uh, is like a darker kind of. She's not necessarily like black overtly, but it's like she has like a like an olive toned like darker olive toned skin, you know, with like yeah. very dark hair. Um, and it's just like, oh, you know, she's not just like a quirked up white girl like how yeah <laughs> she normally is uh portrayed. And it's like I don't know. It's like can we can we get something here? I don't. It's I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it does really lack any flavor or anything interesting <laughs> um, yeah 
that's where I was like, this is why ever since before um, James Gunn was like, I'm going to make a Superman movie. I was always saying like, I really fucking, we need to give a John Boyega as Superman. I'm like, that's like, that's who I would cast Superman. Give me John Boyega as fucking, not just like John Boyega as like, he deserves a big movie. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he, he like wants to be a superhero. I think that's why I'm like, and like, that's why I was like, Oh, and don't just give John Boyega, like the black Superman story that they've been thinking about with uh, Michael B. Jordan directing for a while. That's been rumored. No, just like make, just make John Boyega be fucking Clark Kent in your DC universe, dude. Like, I don't know, but that didn't happen. So, yeah, now now we got this, um, and I don't, and neither of us, and also Owen, <laughs> even though he's not here, none of us are excited for this. Um, no, Owen is this way. movie's biggest hater, actually. Yeah, that's true. Um, anyway, last little piece of news here that is also part silly and and part going back to what we hinted at earlier this episode. Um, two two little bits of news pertaining to. Uh, new series that will be coming out uh, at some point in the future. The first one, um, an Among Us series, has is in the works at CBS. Um, uh, it's and by the, the other guy. One is, what'd you say? The Among Us series is the guy that did Regular Show, like one of the guys that did Regular yeah, Show. Yeah, apparently, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a very good animator. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, it's um, like it's a very it's like a really good guy in like kids like children's animation. Yeah, yeah. I think it could be, I mean, I'm not going to watch it most likely because it seems like it's going to be very much geared towards like very young children, um, but good for them. I mean, it was like a huge hit. The game was and and there's still lots of kids that are like obsessed with it. And there's all those like YouTube videos that are already like narrative among us things for kids. So it just it, it kind of seems like a logical thing. Yeah. It's like it's like in the realm of like the fact that they are making a Minecraft movie, you know what I mean? Which seems like it should have happened a long time ago already, but that kind yeah. of thing, you know, where it's like, this just makes sense. Um, so there's no real reason to like get too passionate about it. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that the Among Us show will be pretty good for what it is. I'm not saying it's going to be like, yeah. like I'm not going to say like, oh, my top five shows of the year are like the Among Us above the bear <laughs> or whatever, yeah. you know, but it's. Pro- I think it's going to be like a pretty good children's show, all things considered, is what I'm going to be willing to bet because it's probably going to be like self-aware yeah. and like kind of like funny and interesting, but yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. And then the other one is, is our final piece of news that also pertains to a series, which we mentioned earlier in the episode, Phoebe Waller-Bridge says that her Tomb Raider series for Prime is going to be dangerous and exciting. And her quote is, what if I could take the reins on an action franchise with everything I've learned, with a character I adore, and also bring back some of that 90s vibe? Um, I'll watch it. Yeah, I'm like on board. I don't really like feel any particular way about Tomb Raider, um, but I do feel a particular way about Phoebe Waller-Bridge's ability as a show creator yeah um so i'm a big so, yeah. fan of the tomb raider ip actually i think yeah. just thinking about it right i don't really access, know anything about it it's not I've even never... something that i would even like say it's if you were to ask me like oh what's like some stuff you're into i would never say tomb raider but i like thinking about it i'm like man, i am like a big fan of the everything like i love the angelina jolie movies like those were like really like fundamental movies for me as a kid but i also yeah. like i've played like every tomb raider game yeah <laughs> um yeah, that's where I'm like kind of well, that's where I kind of defer where it's like I've never played any of the Tomb Raider games and I never watched any of the Tomb Raider stuff. So I don't really like have any real attachment to this. But I think just based on like my really limited knowledge, it makes sense. Obviously, like we already said, she's good in the Indiana Jones movie. So it's clear like this is already in her like 
ballpark and and she's good at making tv um because she made one of arguably the best shows ever with fleabag so i i i think she's and a a good person to have attached to this it's so interesting because i don't know tomb raider is literally just girl indiana jones in a lot of ways yeah (laughs) Um, like uh is so is she gonna play laura croft or do we know anything like yeah i don't know if we know if she's she's gonna be writing the show but yeah yeah no that's a good point i wouldn't be surprised if she also stars in it because that's she she does do everything for fleabag she is both the star and the writer and the director like she is in charge of it all creatively so she's clearly capable of that obviously this would be a show with a much bigger budget than fleabag and a lot more moving parts but i would um, be it would be cool for her to play laura croft um it would be she's a very much of a zag casting like very like like a atypical casting like against type yeah it would be against type casting but it would be cool it'd be interesting so i'm I'm here i'll watch it i'll watch it yeah yeah no i'll watch it as well that's exciting um but yeah that's our that's our last little bit of news here so that'll wrap up our our short owenless episode yeah um you know be sure once again to follow us on twitter and rate us on spotify um, and join us next week for episode 27. We're going to be talking about Insidious, the Red Door. Um, so we'll see you next week.